What are the three key questions facing the Seattle Seahawks for fantasy football in 2023? It's time to break down our last NFC team as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We are continuing our series here. We're finally up to the last team in the NFC. We're going to break down for you. That is the Seattle Seahawks. We're 16 teams down, 16 to go here with our key question series for the offseason. So really excited about that, that we're going to bring you all that good stuff here with all 32 teams. We want to break each team down ahead of training camp, try to answer these questions as best as possible. Good way to preview and take a deep dive into all 32 teams. So we've looked at the entire NFC except for one team, the Seahawks. That's today's team. We'll turn our attention to the AFC and bring you the Bills first. We'll go east to west there as well, alphabetical order by city in each division. So if you missed any of the previous shows, starting with the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC East, check them out on our archives. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first list today. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and follow. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So check it out, Bird Dogs, and uh, birddogs.com slash NFL. All right, it is uh, time to dive into today's show. The first question, is there a worry for Kenneth Walker with the drafting of Zach Charbonnet? And uh, Walker's a breakout potential, bigger breakout potential here in year two. Yeah, it was not the best news when we heard that the Seahawks uh, used another second round pick on a running back. This is Zach Charbonnet, but they did this before to us. They took Rashad Penny in the first round and it ended up with undrafted Chris Carson being the leader of this backfield. And Penny eventually got into the mix as a key fantasy factor, but late as a first round pick in his career. Now he's moved on to the Eagles as a free agent. So they need to replace him. Really, they drafted Walker to replace Penny, to replace Carson as well. You uh, look at the Seahawks, a little bit of transition in their backfield, but really, is there maybe something too overblown with looking at Kenneth Walker's role here in Seattle? That's the real concern here. Is the workload going to be changed here? Are they not trusting him completely as the workhorse that we wanted here in year two? Is that way they drafted Charbonnet? But let's look at, or that, only 84 vacated carries, 57 from Rashad Penny before he got hurt and couldn't be all that effective last season, 19 from Travis Homer. He signed as a free agent with the Bears. And you also have Tony Jones Jr. at number eight. So really all over the board with uh, these uh, backup running backs. They moved on from all those guys, but they not only drafted one Zach Charbonnet, but also Kenny McIntosh to be maybe the replacement for Homer with the change of pace. Let's look at uh, Kenneth Walker's numbers from last year as a rookie out of Michigan State. It took him a while. He needed Rashad Penny to get hurt to get his big opportunity, but they really fed him down the stretch. 
there. He uh, really looked at it uh, as a big workload down the stretch, getting more than 20 touches consistently. 228 carries, 1,050 yards, nine TDs there. He also had a good chunk of receiving work as well. So not as many as we thought here with this team, but uh, 29 key targets vacated in the backfield. So a few more to get there. DJ Dallas was their second receiver behind uh, Kenneth Walker. So McIntosh can cut into that. Well, let's look at where Walker was last year. He finished as RB 16 overall in half point PPR. So one of the better elite RB twos, RB 15, very good number there in average points per game in half point PPR. Get this first ranking RB 15. So he's right there where he finished last year. He had uh, 17 touches per game. He was RB1 down the stretch when he was looking at 20-plus touches per game. So that number should be there. I mean, look, you look at what's vacated. You figure Charbonnet is going to get a lot of that workload, right, with Penny. Then they're going to have a a competition probably between Dallas and McIntosh for that key third role there, change of pace. So Dallas's uh, value on this team could be limited as well. So something to keep in mind. So you – or have a player that could be displaced. And that would be key here for Walker, if McIntosh or Dallas, one of those guys is on the team. But it's not looking good for DJ Dallas as they transition, look for the right mix of runners here. They already cleaned house with Sean Penny and Homer. So Dallas would be the leftover guy that they would push here to uh, really start fresh with Walker, Charbonnet, and McIntosh. So I'll be good if he absorbs that. Charbonnet eats uh, some of the work that's left over by Penny and doesn't get too much into what Walker's workload is. Now, Walker's not a very adept receiver. He's okay in that capacity. I think he also is a bit of a dancer and a home run guy sometimes, and that's why they want Charbonnet for those no-nonsense carries between the tackles. And that could be the concern here where they replace him in goal line situations or power short yardage where they just need to go straight up the middle. Walker's a bit of a home run hitter. A lot of his – Runs were for long distance here, and that is a concern, and not, again, the receiver. And a lot of Rashad Penny him, right? That's what Rashad Penny, he was a chunk runner, ran for a lot, didn't give me much in the receiving game. So McIntosh is supposed to provide the change of pace there, kind of make up for what they had in Homer and Dallas. And then you look at Charbonnet, I think he's a little bit what we had to those other backs in the past. Chris Carson just a guy that's going to get the yards there. I'm not saying – He's going to have Carson-like numbers, but I think that's how you look at him, a reliable power back to play off Walker's big playability. So Charbonnet is kind of the power change of pace. He can also have some juice, but Walker is a more explosive runner. So I think this is fair to keep Walker where he is. I wouldn't worry too much about it. There's enough workload there in the transition with McIntosh having a dedicated role as a receiver. Charbonnet is still a rookie. He still needs to get his feet wet. This is a good sign as well that uh, – they're using Kenneth Walker as a mentor. That's right, as a second-year mentor for these young backs, Charbonnet and McIntosh. They believe in him to be the lead and the leader of this backfield to go forward. So that is a really good sign here that Walker's not going to see a significant decrease in his roles. In fact, having Charbonnet and McIntosh, two guys with fresh legs that can stay healthy, can also relieve some key stress off of Walker and make him fresher for those long runs and finishes that we saw with the burst with those uh, – very calculated touches. Again, I think you'll look at 20 touches per game and still be what you're looking for there. When you look at it overall, that's what we want. He had the, the potential for that. So 20 touches per game is not asking for a lot really there when you look at it. So really like it overall when this uh, situation plays it out. I think Charbonnet 
again, and Rakadosh with their backup situation in mind, more so than Walker being a disappointment because he definitely was a big focal point of their offense as he carried them down the stretch into the playoffs last year, playing off Geno Smith and that fine downfield passing game without Russell Wilson. Speaking of Geno Smith, he'll be the second key question we ask about the Seahawks. Then we'll look at their receiving core with the newcomer, first-round pick Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Those will be the topics we address and ask about in our final two segments here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We told you at the top that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Great offer with that Yeti-style tumbler available with your order. Bird Dogs, so there's no doubt that make you look good. They have stretch khakis that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, and leg, giving a truly sculpted look. Bird dogs do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit way better because we know regular shorts are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs are going to help you move around with a cloud knit fabric that looks just like cocky, but stretches as you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. They fixed this issue with this technology. They also use some great technology to keep you Stink and sweat free. It's anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long so you can transition well throughout and about during the summer and you want to have a quick bite to eat, go out and do something social, you can do that with bird dogs. They're going to have you covered for either occasion here. Really a good thing that you look at with the bird dogs. You really have a, a awesome opportunity right now because look, you can get this tumbler here. If you're looking on YouTube, yes, you can get bird dogs, the Eddie style tumbler. I love mine here. So check it out and you can get it. And really you can uh, know that you're going to be very comfortable in their shorts or pants and uh, you just cannot be bird dogs. You just go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. That's this thing with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you check them out here. That's bird dogs there, and uh, we'll put them on the screen for you uh, one more time there on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We're watching on YouTube again. Very nice tumbler that you can get with each order. Check it out only at birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Really, you can't go wrong. You'll want to order from them all the time. Great uh, designer stuff, and they got polos and new things coming out all the time. So definitely check it out uh, for summer. You can't beat it there. Adding bird dogs to your wardrobe. All right. It is uh, time to continue the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football. And uh, thanks again for making us your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube, so you can see the Yeti-style Tumblr and how that works uh, from uh, Bird Dog as well. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. The question that we have, number two for the Seahawks, can Geno Smith do it again as a QB1 finishing in the top 12 in fantasy football? Let's look at where Geno was last year. QB5 overall, what a steal. No one was even taking him in drafts. QB10 in terms of average uh, scoring there. QB14 is his ranking now. It's a little skepticism that he's going to drop, but the 5 to 10 makes sense that you drop him a little bit more. Interesting that he had four games – over the, the 20 and a half mark, but very consistent with the 17 points there. So he was a guy that you didn't ex- see a lot of explosion, but he was very steady and worked to those numbers. And the final numbers make sense. 4,282 yards, believe it or not, the passing yard record over anything Russell Wilson did. I know early in his career, he had the running game and playing off that. 30 TD passes, great number. 11 interceptions, 366 and one 
on the ground. So you had a little bit on the ground, not a lot, but 31-11, good ratio there. Plenty enough passing with the 4,000 there. You also had a team that was uh, throwing 60% of the time, pretty healthy there. The Shane Waldron offense calls for that. His running can't be in you like underestimate. I think it was very close. I mean, we talked about uh, Kyler Murray being at around 400. This is not too far off. You know, Smith can be athletic and pad his stats that way, but a good efficient ratio there with the touchdowns, not too many mistakes. So we really like what uh, Geno Smith can do there. So again, what drops him down a little bit is he has some other quarterbacks in the mix that are going to cut into it. Justin Fields, we know is going to have a pretty big year. We look at uh, some sleepers that we're looking at that can score over him. But when you look at Geno Smith versus Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, he's right in that category there with the NFC teams. But you have Deshaun Watson as a full season. Aaron Rodgers can rebound here. Lamar Jackson can go up. So some of these quarterbacks that were off last year are all back in the mix. So that drops Geno right away. But that just says the scoring is going to be a little bit better. Now, really, it comes down to is Geno going to be a good value? Can he put up similar numbers? I think – the answer is yes. I just think in relation to the field, he drops down a little bit, maybe more of a borderline QB1 in the 12-13 range, maybe a little bit higher than where he's ranked at 14. Look, we know QB5, a lot of it is he stay on the field healthy and play it every game. But again, that QB10 says there's a big disparity, right? The average scoring versus the scoring that he had overall. And part of it is that he didn't have a lot of that spike mentality. He was relying a lot on those steady games where he had 17 points there. Not a lot over 20 and a half points, only four games there. So that's what you're getting. He's not spectacular. He's not going to light it up. But you, if you're looking for 215-2 for some weeks, you'll get that from Geno Smith. And that's the one thing you have to know. He doesn't have the highest ceiling. The running game is pretty effective. The receivers are good. I think this uh, Seahawks defense will be a little bit better as well. So I think overall you have a balanced team, maybe a little bit better running ratio versus the pass that you're looking at Geno Smith. But Geno can put up decent numbers again. I just think in relation to the rest, I think that's going to drop him more down to a deep league QB1 slash uh, kind of a shallow league uh, QB2 that you look at in fantasy football. But I can see him hitting 30 TD passes again. I can see him doing some good running. That could be a little bit volatile here for his production, but the Seahawks have good things around him to say that the numbers are available to put up here in 2023. All right, there's a look at uh, Geno Smith and the key question there. We do have to look at the key question involving uh, the wide receivers that the surrounding rookie Jackson Smith and the Jigba. We'll get to that in our final segment. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast. We're locked on fantasy football. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Every day is uh, tomorrow or really the next time we do a show. That would be next week. We look at the Buffalo Bills. So tomorrow is a few days away here on the show, but we'll look at the Bills there for you next week. So another division in the books today with the NFC West. We'll transition to the AFC teams, look at the Buffalo Bills, start with them, and go through Buffalo, Miami, New England and New York there with that division. So exciting division to break down as well. They're all exciting, and we give you the insight you need to know with the key questions for all 32 teams. Again, if you missed any teams, start with the Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Commanders, and so on and so forth through the NFC North, NFC South, and now the NFC West. So, again, we'll get to all 32 teams in depth, don't you worry. And if you miss any, they'll be sitting there on our archives here on Locked on Fantasy Football. All right, let's look at the key question. Can Jackson Smith and the Jigba come through as a 
fantasy football sleeper, maybe even as a wide receiver three. Let's look at this first with the vacated targets. So they have 75 vacated targets. The Seahawks, that's a pretty low number. That's fourth fewest in the NFL. A lot of them came from Marquise Goodwin, the speedster. He had 42, so not a lot behind Lockett and DK Metcalf, by the way. You had a big volume there for Metcalf, 141 targets, 117 for Lockett last year. Travis Homer had 18 targets, so that's 60 of the 75 right there. Laquan Treadwell's gone, and Rashad Penny also had some targets. So not a lot there. And really the guy he's replacing is Marquise Goodwin. And let's look at the numbers for Lockett last year. He finished as wide receiver 13 overall in half-point PPR, wide receiver 18 in average scoring. So just off the wide receiver ones in terms of overall, into the wide receiver twos there. He's ranked now wide receiver 27, so way down there with the wide receiver threes. DK Metcalf finished as a wide receiver two at wide receiver 18 overall. Wide receiver two as well with the average scoring in half point, wide receiver 22. He's ranked, however, on the borderline near the wide receiver ones, just outside the top 12 at wide receiver 15. So in essence, Metcalf is where Lockett was last year, and Lockett has been dropped behind Metcalf. So interesting the developments there. So let's look at Jackson Smith. The Jigba, I guess he's going to be replacing Marquise Goodwin is a with those 42 vacated targets that are available with that spot. Smith and Jigba is ranked as wide receiver 41 and a half point PPR. You look at the breakdown of this. However, this was a big 12 and 13 personnel team last year. So that means using two tight ends, using three tight ends, those three tight ends, Noah Fant, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson, they combined for 135 targets last year. That is a massive amount from three players that are used part-time. When you look at it, I think this is a 41% of the time team in uh, that set last year. And you look at uh, their three tight end sets, they were 40. So now you look at the potential, what they could do. In 2021, they were really a basic 11 personnel team with 67% of the time. So this is what they want to do. They just didn't have the third receiver, right? When you have Metcalf and Lockett, and then you go to Marquise Goodwin, taking a flyer on a guy that was a track star, has bounced around a little bit, multiple teams, you knew he wasn't going to be a big factor. So I allowed Lockett and Metcalf to dominate the targets, put up the big numbers again, and the tight ends to be more of a committee approach. So you would figure... There's a lot of targets available, not just from Goodwin, but from these 135 that went to Fant, Disley, and Parkinson. You'd figure Fant is going to keep his more. Disley and Parkinson maybe used a little bit less. So, again, everything points to saying Smith and Jigba is going to be on the field a lot with Lockett, Metcalf, and probably Fant there. So there's a chunk of targets there behind Fant to absorb as well, as well as stealing a little bit from Lockett and Metcalf's load. Now, when you look at uh, Lockett, he was very efficient last year, but a little bit of a decline. He's slowing down. He's on the other side of 30. What I like about Jackson Smith-Jigba, he's got a lot of Lockett in him, inside, outside, reliable all over the field. So you could see Lockett fade a little bit as an outside threat. Smith-Jigba getting that. He could also work him into the slot here and be the number two to Metcalf. So a lot of good developments that could happen here. So a little bit of changing the guard. I think Lockett has been great. He's good Awesome for fantasy late in his career, but Metcalf is really their true number one. And I think they're looking for that transition. And Smith and Jigba being ranked 41st, that is something that indicates that there are some 
real movement here to using three wide receivers regularly for the Seahawks and uh, probably Noah Fant fading as a little bit as well with uh, his role. If going that direction with the 11 personnel, it also means Fant is going to be the fourth target as best, a little less of Disley and Parkinson in the mix. So Metcalf is going to be on the field a lot with Lock and Metcalf as the bottom line. I think he's more interchangeable in the slot, but we've seen Metcalf used inside. But I would say JSN more interchangeable with Tyler Lockett. So either way you look at it, I think a lot of snaps and targets and opportunities and routes run are coming for Jackson Smith and Najibba here. So I really like him as a sleeper wide receiver three. I think that might be a little bit modest putting him at 40 at 41, given that there's a lot of availability when you look at the transition to where the targets are going to go just by who's on the field, right? If you have 12 and 13 personnel, you just have more options with tight end. If you're 11, you have fewer and just one there. So do like that development here for that. So I think Lockett fades a little bit. That's why we dropped Lockett. I think Metcalf keeping him right around the status quo makes sense, but I think it really feels right that Smith and Jigbo will cut in more to what Lockett does inside or outside than he will Metcalf here on this team. So, yeah, I do like him as a sleeper. I don't think it's a deep sleeper. I think he's right in front of you there, and he could retain wide receiver three value. This is a low-pressure situation, right? For a rookie, he's not the go-to guy. He's going to see favorable coverage because of Metcalf drawing attention. Lockett being pesky also with his route running and, and the Seahawks scheming them open with Waldron. So all lines up really well for a nice rookie season and puts Jackson Smith and Jigba in the mix to put up numbers for offensive rookie of the year. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the 2023 Seattle Seahawks. There are three key questions for fantasy football. They're involving uh, Kenneth Walker, Geno Smith, and the rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba. So Good team to break down for you. And that wraps up our look at all 16 NFC teams. We still have all 16 AFC teams to get through. So if you missed anything, check it out with the teams we did. We've got now 16 teams up with this show. And then we got 16 coming up, starting with the Bills and the AFC East next week. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first one of the day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great uh, rest of your day. And we'll check you out next time with a look at the key questions with the 2023 Buffalo Bills.